Vancouver, a presentation as always of Bodog, Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds. The Stanchion, Wyatt Arndt, he's going to stop by a little later on. The Canucks naming Quinn Hughes 15th captain in franchise history. We'll certainly get into that. Get some of the Stanchion's thoughts on the offseason, what he's looking forward to as young stars in training camp approach pretty quickly. We're a couple of weeks away now from the Canucks actually playing games preseason games, but nevertheless, games that will start to drive the storyline and give us a sense of, you know, who's going to make the opening night lineup. We're going to get to all that in a moment, but I do want to start by addressing a question many have had and many have asked in recent weeks, and that's about the fact that Andrew Wadden hasn't been heard on Rinkwide here for a while now. It is true Andrew no longer works for GoGoat Sports. I'm not here to get into the how and the why. Decisions have been made. Business is business. All I know is that I no longer have the podcast partner I've had for the past couple of years, and it's unfortunate because I enjoyed working with Andrew, and certainly I'm proud of the product that we pumped out on the regular. So I want to thank Andrew for being a good friend and colleague, and while we are no longer working together, uh, we are still good friends. I've been in regular contact with him. Look forward to seeing what's next for him. He's got lots of interest beyond broadcasting, so uh, I don't know if he's going to stay in this biz or if... I don't know what's in his future, but he's a passionate guy, and I'm guessing he's going to follow one of his many passions, so uh, certainly uh, look forward to what's next for him. I got lots of good memories of working alongside Andrew, lots of weird hours with the post-game pod, and lots of weekend work as well. Lots of laughs, maybe none bigger than the night he slipped and fell in the biggest puddle in the city of Vancouver on the outside concourse around BC Place Stadium. Uh, We were on our way to a Canucks game, got out of an Uber, It was pouring rain, and as Andrew descended one of the many sets of stairs around BC Place, uh, and he was behind me, so I'm not even really sure what happened, but man, I heard a bam, and when I looked back, he was stunned, flat on his back, in the biggest puddle you can imagine, completely soaked, like just drenched, looked like he had gone swimming uh, in his clothes, and like many things in his life, he had looked like a champ, had a good laugh, we both did. And dripping wet, he decided that, you know what, he couldn't carry on to a Canucks game, that he had to go back to the studio to dry off and and clean up. So I carried on, I went to the game, and he did that night's podcast. Uh, I think he had put his pants back on, hopefully he had put his pants back on, but he had had taken his pants off in the studio and was sitting there in his underwear trying to let his pants dry. Uh, Yes, the glamorous life behind the scenes of podcasting. Uh, Anyways... uh, It was a night that uh, we both laugh about all these years later. So, again, big thanks to Andrew for two great years of laughs and hockey talk. All right. Quinn Hughes, introduced as the 15th captain in the history of the Vancouver Canucks, first full-time defenseman to wear the C since Kevin McCarthy back in the late 70s and the early 80s. Hughes is the first American to captain the Canucks. Not that that really matters. Uh, They've had Canadians. They've had Swedes. Uh, Now they've got an American. Uh, he's 23 years of age. He'll turn 24 here next month. Four full seasons into his young career, and he assumes the ultimate leadership role in the hockey club. Look, this guy has been a leader on the ice uh, since day one, since the minute he turned pro out of Michigan, and now he wears the C in a hockey-mad Canadian market. It means a great deal to me. Um, I think you hit it on the head there, especially being in a Canadian market. I mean, when I moved here five years ago and started playing for the Canucks, um, I knew right away what a hockey market it is and um, how important hockey is to the city and um, the market and the people in Vancouver. And So to now be the captain, it, it's uh, an incredible honor, something that I never 
even dreamed of, and um, I'm going to try my best. Yeah, no doubt he's going to try his best. I mean, he has achieved at every level. When you think of uh, his NCAA days, his World Juniors, and then, again, I mean, think of those five games that he played at the tail end of his you know, very, very first season where he gave us all a glimpse of what was possible, and here he is uh, not that many years later, and he is now uh, the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. So there's no reason to think that he won't be a terrific captain because, uh, again, he's taken on everything that's come his way uh, in the National Hockey League. We know uh, he excels as a point producer and a play driver. He has picked up the defensive side of his game, uh, taken on penalty-killing duties. Uh, you've heard people rave about his leadership. Wore the A after Horvat was traded away last year, and now uh, it's been upgraded. Trading that jersey with the A, and now he's got one with the C on it. And he was asked what kind of captain he thinks he'll be. I'm never going to be the loudest guy in the room. I'm going to be a guy that hopefully can um, be a leader through his work ethic and, um, you know, in the games. And as time goes on, I'll learn, learn, learn more and more about myself and um, being a leader. And I feel real confident walking into this because of the coaching staff and the management I have with me and the people behind me. And um, as you see, with Millsy and Petey and Demmer here, it just uh, means more than they can know to, to have them here with me. And for me, I think uh, this isn't just the end of learning. This is just the beginning. I'm going to keep learning and, um, you know, keep learning from Millsy and uh, Petey and Demmer and different guys in the room and the coaching staff. And I've had a lot of good mentors and different leadership and people I can lean on through, through the years. So, like I said, this is just the beginning for me, but... Um, yeah, I'm hoping, obviously, to be a great leader. I think I will be. I love that quiet confidence, that last part. Hoping to be a great leader, and I think I will be. I mean, the guy just oozes confidence. And he, he mentioned the leadership group there, Pedersen, Miller, Demko, all off to the side in the room, but they're lending their support. Uh, Francesco Aquilini was in the room as well. Uh, Patrick Alvine and Rick Tockett flanking Quinn Hughes at the podium and then uh, when it was all done, Hughes was whisked away at the end of the press conference. I think he's off to Vegas to represent the Canucks and take part in the NHL, NHLPA media tour that is uh, getting underway in Las Vegas. There's a couple of other items I want to touch on. Still waiting for the roster for Young Stars, which gets going on Friday in Penticton. I do think the team was going to release the roster today and then got busy with the Hughes captaincy announcement. And so I, I, we're looking at any day to find out uh, who's going to be repping the Canucks in the South Okanagan this weekend. Young Stars starts Friday. The Canucks and the Calgary Flames on Friday night. Canucks will take on Winnipeg's Young Stars on Sunday afternoon. And then uh, the tournament, if we call it that, although there's never a winner or a trophy presented. It is more of a showcase than a tournament, but uh, the Canucks will take on Edmonton in their third and final game of the weekend. And that's an afternoon game on Monday the 18th. And then a quick turnaround uh, the organization has its annual Jake Milford Golf Tournament out at Northview next week, and that's sort of the unofficial launch of the hockey season for the Vets. And then it's off to Victoria from the 21st to the 25th. Preseason starts on September 24th. Canucks will be in Calgary. First three preseason games all on the road. The final three are home games for the Canucks, but two of them at Rogers Arena. One is out in Abbotsford against the Seattle Kraken. And also... Uh, kudos to David Quadrelli, interesting piece at Canucks Army late last week, laying out a lot of details about the Canucks connection to uh, a planned new hockey rink on the campus of Simon Fraser University. Could that be the Canucks new practice facility that uh, we've all been talking about uh, seemingly forever? Uh, 
it doesn't seem like the ideal location when you think of how many players live in Yale Town and downtown by Rogers Arena. Some of them live on the west side. Um, but we sit here and we talk about the ideal location. Like, where is the ideal location? Canucks have been spinning their wheels for years trying to find the perfect spot that may or may not exist. Real estate, as I think everybody knows, is costly in this city. SFU certainly has the land, so that's something. Uh, can't be discounted. Uh, Francesco Aquilini has strong ties to Simon Fraser, apparently attended a fundraiser for the school recently, so people now connecting dots here. Uh, we'll see where all this goes, but certainly a lot of smoke here. We'll see if there's some actual fire. It is kind of funny that while this SFU story broke, the Canucks continue to skate on the other side of town at the other institution of higher learning here in Vancouver, uh, out at UBC, and I think uh, they will continue to do that until they jump on board the ferry and head for Victoria. All right, a uh, reminder that Rinkwide Vancouver is presented by Applewood Auto Group, the official auto partner of Rinkwide. Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best in-class experience only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver. Never know what the stanchion's going to deliver, but uh, usually brings the goods. Uh, we'll find out when uh, Wyatt Arndt joins us here on Rinkwide Vancouver. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. He is a fixture of Canucks Twitter, the driving force behind the Armies, which will again this season be found at Canucks Army after every Canucks game. You know him as the stanchion, he is Wyatt Arndt. And hey, before we talk news of the day, quit using captaincy and offseason, all that other stuff. When did you start backfilling botch on the province? Like how, how many seasons is this going to be for you now? It would have been like around 2013, I think. It was because uh, wow. Botch had like Koo stepped in for a bit and then I did it and then he kind of handpicked me to, to do it. So it's actually been a while and uh, I always point out that the Canucks have steadily gone downhill since I came on board. So sorry, everyone. It feels like I was so excited to cover this like team that was on the that win the cup and then it has not happened. <laughs> wow, a decade. Because I, I was thinking like this is going to be the fifth season without Botch. Like, you know, he passed in 2019 and this is the 23-24 season. So by the end of the year... It's going to take us to five years uh, without him. And I was thinking that today, that when Quinn Hughes was named captain, Bosch saw Quinn for five games, those five games that he played at the tail end of his uh, you know, that season when he turned pro out of Michigan and gave us all a glimpse. And, and that was all he ever got to see of Quinn Hughes. Obviously, we have seen uh, a lot more, four more years. Uh, what do you make of uh, the decision? There's been so much talk in this market, uh, but finally, finally a decision was made. Yeah, it feels like, you know, m most people generally agree on it. And as the media and the outsiders, we can only see one part of it, you know, which is like, how does he handle the media? How does he kind of hold himself accountable? Inside the room, we don't see, but it kind of reminds me a lot back, you know, after Luongo's captaincy ended and that was, you know, 
big shoes to fill with Longo's captaincy, don't get me wrong, but they had to decide was it going to be that quiet leader in Henrik Sedin or that alpha male Ryan Kessler who was going to grab people by the scruff of the neck. And we kind of had a bit of that with the JT Miller and Quinn Hughes approach. And you've got, a, you know, the perfect blueprint with Henrik Sedin. I don't think you can go wrong with Quinn Hughes. Anyone who's talked to him in the room, he's just a very smart uh, articulate guy. Like I said before, he reminds me, him and Troy Stetcher are both guys that if I asked him about one play in the game, they would know what I was talking about and they'd break it down for me at a level you and I can understand. Like they're very smart players. So I think Quinn Hughes is a guy that you can't go wrong with and you're seeing it overall. Everyone's, no one's really pushing back on it, you know? You know, it's funny you mentioned alpha males and these are professional athletes, elite level athletes. Like so many of them are wired that way. And Quinn, to me, he, he strikes this incredible balance and he did it again at this press conference where he asked himself rhetorically, like, what kind of leader am I going to be? Yeah, I think I'll be a pretty good one. Like, he's got this incredible confidence without sort of an arrogant side to him. Like, he walks that fine line beautifully. Yeah, and we kind of almost saw, like, Quinn Hughes is, like, comes in, he's kind of quiet, and you get that rookie. And then it was almost like last season when there was talk, could he be captain material? Everyone's like, oh, it's Patterson or Miller. That was the talk. But also when Quinn Hughes started talking a bit more and had showed a bit more of that confidence you're, you're talking about, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy can maybe do it. And, like, you're right. Like, I think there's something about him where he's that quiet leader that... Uh, you're not going to question his skill level. I don't think you're going to question his work ethic. And I think it's a guy that's going to, you know, fit right into this market. Like, I think the thing that you always kind of see, like, that was kind of the question. Patterson, would you want to handle those games where they've lost 6 nothing? And the the blueprint for that in Vancouver, like, Henrik Sedin could walk out to a 7 nothing loss and be like, you know what? One goal, one bounce, maybe we have this. And, you know, you don't believe. But he does the right thing. Like, All right, Henrik. But he played the game, right? And I think with Quentin Hughes, he's the guy that can kind of do that. He can come out after those tough losses and kind of handle the pressure and he'll be fine. Yeah, no, Henrik, I, I covered the Sedins their entire career, got my fill of that, and it was incredible. Like, it, it, you're right. Like, he had this convincing power, and I was like, no, Henrik, I just watched the game. Like, I was here. Uh, sure, one bounce, why not? <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, we're, we're getting close here. Training camp uh, just over a week away. Young Stars uh, this week in Penticton. Our first chance to visit with you uh, through this offseason. Like, what do you make of what the Canucks did here uh, from free agency and into August when they signed Travis Suter as well? Uh, how much better do you think they are? What's your gut telling you about what we're about to to, to see here as the season unfolds. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because you hear all the talk like Pedersen wants to see this team make improvements. So you kind of have him in your mind like, okay, we got to show we're going somewhere because you don't want to tell the players, look, guys, give us five years. We got something. That's a hard sell. So you also want to, you know, try and move your team forward, but also not do the full OEL trade where you've put your team back, you know, three steps. So they kind of, I think, done a decent job of it. You know, they've, they've brought in some players. They've... Usually when teams bring in a bunch of guys, you kind of worry, will they be able to gel? Will they figure out the system? How is it going to work? But the Canucks defense has been so tremendously bad for, you know, how many seasons now that they bring all these guys, it can't get worse. So you're kind of like, okay, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see how it's going to go because I don't think you could do again what they've done the last three seasons. So, you know, Ronick, he's got all the skill in the world. I like that addition, you know. Carson Soucy, we don't know. That's kind of like, was that just, you know, flash in the pan? Seattle kind of had that run. How good is he? Because we've seen that before, you know, with the yeah. Tucker Poolmans, they sure. bring in the, the speeds, all these guys that come in, like, this guy's a top four guy. You're paying him like that, and he can't do it. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, it's not like his contract's huge, but, you know, you keep adding these $3 million players. We're back at, you know, the JB Galera. So I think there's a lot of moving parts of the defense, but I'm kind of excited. Like, I'm a big Will Landon guy. I think he's got more to give. Not, you know, he's not winning the Norris, but he's a guy I think that can come in and, and you know, provide. And I'm, you know, intrigued to see what the new third line looks like. So 
it's you know my biggest thing for me is like obviously i got kuzmeco mania was a lot of fun to watch last year but that shooting percentage is incredible and not going to happen again i really want to see how the market handles his dip in production honestly all right level with me here how how much will you miss tyler myers when he's gone now i'm not running him out of town but the bonus is going to get paid here uh he's been the subject of so much trade talk whether it's early in the season whether it's the deadline or if he plays out his contract like he's not coming back uh, this has to be his final year in Vancouver, but he has provided so much content for you at the Armies. Uh, how much will you miss him? I got to correct you. It's the Stanchies now. The Armies, the athletic stuff, and that's gone. So it's the Stanchies. No more Armies. No, oh, branding has to be on point. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so yes, the Chaos Giraffe does feature heavily. Uh, you know, it's honestly like, it's always a fine line between having fun with players. Like, I don't want to be mean-spirited about it, but he was fun to watch. Like, he would be chaotic, but his first couple seasons here... For every defensive miscue we'd have, he'd have an end-end rush the other way. And I, I mentioned it last season, though. Like, we didn't even see the good chaos from him. It just felt like he was kind of, I don't know, like, it was the coaching that kind of leaned on him to be less chaotic. Or he just kind of sat back a bit. Or I don't know. Whatever it was, that wasn't kind of the back-and-forth Myers we've seen. So we kind of only got, like, the the worst parts of him. Like, which, you know, the, the pinches here and there. And the, the defensive reads, they like, were kind of a bit off. So... Um, I kind of want to see a bit of a bounce back season. Like he's one of those weird players where you look at his first two seasons and he was like, wow, this kid is a first line, first, uh, line defenseman. He's gonna be great. Hold, where'd he come from? And ever since then, he's trying to living up to that kind of building. That he's never quite achieved. So, uh, for him, you know, he's another guy that I give full credit to. He could have, you know, a game in which I remember one game specifically, I went to talk to him where he had the turnover that led to the game winning goal. And he sat to me and talked to me about it for three minutes. Like he will be a super accountable guy. He'll talk to about anything. Yeah. Um, but even I have to assume, like, maybe he'd enjoy, you know, maybe being away from this market for a bit. <laughs> Just a, a, little, a little relaxing time away from all our questions. Well, hey, speaking of being away from the market, and it hasn't happened yet, but you still sort of feel like there is another shoe to drop when it comes to Brock Besser. Uh, you know, I talked to him last week out at UBC. He seemed to think that the volume had kind of been turned down around him. He's stated his case. He wants to be here, but... You know, it's not up to him necessarily. I think if they could get uh, a deal that could move that salary, they probably would. Like, where do you stand on Brock Besser, who is now the longest-serving, longest-tenured member of the Like, he just broke into the league, it feels like, a year ago. Still a rookie to me. <laughs> I know. And now, like, I know Demko and Breezeball were drafted a year before him, but nobody's played more games in a Canuck uniform on this current roster than Brock Besser. Like, where do you stand on Besser? That's I mean, that's kind of the hockey way when like these players have these one or two seasons, the you know the Great White Buffalo seasons, where it's like, wow, we want to you know like 2003 Todd Bertuzzi is still talked about for a reason, right? The <laughs> ultimate season for a player, yeah. like we need to get that back, right? And he his career kept going on because of that. Good Branson, same thing. Even just like the hype of that, he doesn't have to have a season like that. It's just the hype of what he could be. And Brock Bester when he came, you know, he started shooting the lights out, and he was like, you know, Mister All Stars, the shooting accuracy, like he. Felt like, you know, when Nazan left, like, Besser was the next guy to be that sniper shot for this team, and everyone was kind of all hyped on it. And obviously the injuries have happened, and the personal issues off ice have happened, and you, it's hard not to pull for him, right? Like, you want this guy to succeed. He's a really nice guy. You want to see what's going to happen. And it's just the Canucks have so many wingers. They have so much money locked up in the wings, and you can't win like that. So it's, like, it feels like Garland or Besser, who are you going to move? And it might be easier to sell Besser because he's, he's a bit bigger, he's got the shot, and maybe you can kind of sell that more uh, than Connor Garland, whose size is always kind of kind of be used against him. Well, and Besser's got one less year than Garland does left in his tournament. Like, that must, it must suck for those guys. Like, there's been so much talk and no action, and it does make you wonder, like, are they tradable? Like, and, and it goes back to Luongo's comment about my contract sucks. You know, obviously, these aren't the same kinds of contracts in terms of the length and the term, but, like... I do wonder, like, if you're Connor Garland and you're thinking, like, I'm an NHLer. Like, why isn't there a team out there that 
wants me in some way, but again, with three years left on that deal and the fact that he hasn't been a 20-goal scorer yet here in Vancouver, uh, it does kind of feel like he still has some things to prove. Yeah, and I think, again, like, we've seen kind of two sides of Garland. When he first came in here, like, I was blown away by his intensity and his, like, we come, he would spin away from checks like no one's business. And I was like, this guy, can, he's a gamer, right? That's what you kind of look for. It's, and it just, his game is also kind of up and down. But that's also the thing about a team that's bad, right? Like, when you're, when you're bad, there's nowhere to hide and things get blown up and that's, people are going to see that. And, I mean, I remember the good old days when the worst thing that we had to talk about in this town was Tanner Glass in the fourth line. Like, that was the biggest complaint. Like, how do we get a better player than Tanner Glass on the fourth line? And, like, now those days are so long gone that, like, I just feel for these players that, like, again, kudos to Long for breaking barriers for saying, like, it must suck to have your contract just be this impediment. And obviously that's, you know, they make a lot of money, don't be wrong, but there's a level of, like, you know, contextually amongst your other your peers, you're sitting there and, like, you're hearing the trade talk, you're hearing the trade rumors, and there's no movement there. Like, I'm sure it's not great for them either, so... You know, end of the day, though, they're professionals. They're going to, you know, bear down. And, and we're actually that good spinning Connor Garland again. You know, he's got, again, he plays better. That helps his, himself out, right? So that's what's going to be. Well, and if he's the third-line center on this team, I do think that Pius Suter represents maybe the best center that he will have played with. I mean, Pius Suter's not going to, you know, contend with Connor McDavid for the scoring lead. But a guy that can score in the mid-digits goals and... You know, you'd like to think could be that 35 sort of point producer, but can think a little offense. Like, you know, last year Garland was playing with Nils Mon for long stretches there or Sheldon Drys. And look, not, Drys thinks offense as well, but I do think that Pius Suter is probably a better player uh, overall than a guy like Sheldon Drys. So if Connor Garland, like this might be the opportunity that he's looking for to play with a guy that can maybe bring out the best in him this year. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of goes back to the point of how on a bad team it's hard to hide. But I think they have raised the the water level a bit, and so to speak, in Vancouver in terms of the the bottom six players. Like even Pod Colson is a big question mark. Having him in your bottom yeah. six, like that guy has a ton of talent, right? So you have him out there, and you know Dakota Joshua has played great. And again, that's it's the line of like how good can he be? But even he, like I think he has a little bit more to give. So I think for Garland, you got to be excited. Like he, you know, you can kind of plug and play him too in in the top six if something goes wrong with injury or if they want to mix things up. So I think. He's in a good spot for himself, but I also kind of wonder, like, how much does he fit into Rick Tockett's system? Because Rick Tockett always hammers north-south, north-south. And Garland, when I've seen him at his best, is kind of east-west kind of guy. So I am kind of intrigued to see if he has that level to kind of, like, you know, go to the net and kind of be that Rick Tockett guy. So we'll have to see how that plays out. What do you think of the goaltending situation? Like, obviously, if Demko's healthy, we know what he's capable of, but injuries have been part of his story the last couple of seasons. But the need for this team to get out of the gates, not fall flat on their face... Do you think there is a danger of them just playing the lights out of Demko in the first like fifteen or twenty games? One hundred percent. Like I, I think they're going to lean on him heavily, and I, it's, it's, I understand it's hard not to. Like especially if he goes in a bit of a run and he's keeping you in games and. We've seen that a lot. Like, there's a, a heavy tradition in this market of that. You know, Luongo yeah. did that. Markstrom did that. Demko did that. Like, they've done that for a while. But I do think that the modern game kind of shows that you need to be able to platoon your goalies because we've seen it, you know, and last couple of seasons. Demko gets run to the ground and he has nothing to give. We even saw it go back further with, like, Eddie Lack. Remember when he had that stretch of games under Torrance that he ran him into the ground and he admitted, like, after I had nothing left to give. So it's like you do have to load balance with your goalies. And, you know, is Seelov's ready? I know Quadrelli says he is, but we'll have to see. And is Seelov's better off, you know, getting more games and just being a backup? And we'll have to see how it plays out. But I am definitely worried that, you know, especially for a team that wants to show that, like, this season we've improved, playoffs is what we want. If Demko starts off hot, like, 
I don't know. I feel they're going to ride him, and I don't know. I don't know. But, but don't you think like they have the opportunity here to show this management group and this ownership group like they finally arrived as a modern franchise? They brought the farm team to Abbotsford. You've got a guy in Silovs who needs to play and can play in the AHL, but is waiver exempt. Like, do you not think that there's a way to sort of run with? two backups in some way and get Silov some game action, but also maybe have Martin here, you know, in the first half of the season at the very least to be the backup to Thatcher Demko. Cause I don't think the backup is going to see much action uh, before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a path forward that would kind of show that they're trying to be more modern in their approach, but it's just always tough because like, there's things that'll happen where I'm like, okay, this team's finally kind of get it. They're going to turn around. Other times they go old school, like, oh, we haven't changed much at all. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, we always say that, you know, the new management hasn't been here that long. We'll give them more time. But I said that every day for Benning for eight years. So you kind of wonder, like, we're a bit gun, like, oh, no, is this happening again? Uh, I do hope that they kind of take a step forward. Because, again, if it is one of those things. It's always the short-term versus long-term. And the short-term is make the playoff. Show Pedersen that we're, gonna, we're advancing. Show the market we're advancing. Sell tickets. Then, you know, maybe that temptation to play Demko you know 70 games is too much for you but honestly long-term wise if they don't want to break his body down they've got to find a way to platoon that they do all right uh we're all I mean you said it off the top I mean 2013 and it's just been this dark dark decade do you see this as a playoff team honestly I think they like again it I think they could be and that all of it is we just we just talked with Demko like if he goes hot and they lean him they could be a playoff team I think they have the talent I think Patterson is going to find another level to his game. I think JT Miller is going to come out like he's, I don't want to say he's under control, but I think he's more focused. I think he's, he's willing to work with talking and try and fit into that system. Like we saw the worst of JT Miller when he was yelling at teammates and yelling at the goal. Like he just wasn't the same JT Miller. Cause the first season of JT, like everyone loved him here. Like he came in, he was hitting, he was scoring, he was doing everything. And you fast forward, like if you told me that three seasons from there, he wouldn't be back checking. I would have been like, no, you're, you're kidding. This guy's a monster. <laughs> he would never do that. So it's been kind of an up and down road for JT. I think he's going to want to prove himself as well. I think we've got Bester going to come in. And obviously every year players want to prove themselves, but it feels like everyone kind of wants like, it's coming together for the team to be healthy, come out, you know, strong. And I, I do think there's a good chance they're going to make the playoffs. But then again, that now after that happens, does the team think, like the bubble run. Remember when they get the bubble run? Like, oh, we're the team. We're, we're here. We've arrived. I just wanted to be cautious about what happens if they make the playoffs. Hey, they were a sexy team coming out of the bubble. <laughs> they were. Oh, have not been. That's not a term we've described or used to describe them uh, in quite some time. All right. I'm feeling shame because I was caught in this time warp. And yeah, I called them the armies. Of course, the Stanchies at Canucks Army. Uh, do we get a preseason or are we, is it all the countdown to October 11th? When, when do you start? Typing away and getting the this year's uh, stanchies up and running. No, no, Bosch taught me well. He said, "Don't waste out preseason." So I wait for the regular <laughs> season. I, I learned from my mentor. So he said, "Wait till the make him wait for the season." So yeah, preseason. Uh, I think I'll just wait it out and just maybe do like uh, an L summary. But once the season gets underway, I'm excited because I got. Uh, Cody Severston, he's writing with me, and Lachlan, he's writing for me as well as a backup. So it's kind of nice to have this tradition of, of giving young writers a platform to kind of showcase their stuff. And again, like, Botch just kind of brought a, a different style, and no one can live up to what he did. But um, Faber's going to try and help me get some more player quotes. We're going to try and go a bit more old-school Botch style, where we kind of have what happened during the game and during the practices. So, again, Botch raised the bar so high, and yep. uh, I miss him every day. Like, he taught me so much. So we're going to try and – we're going to be like Demko. We're going to ride uh, these stanchies hard and kind of <laughs> try and start the season hot. <laughs> no nights off. Yeah, I know you no mentioned <laughs> no, you mentioned the backups, and that's yeah, great, but no, yeah, yeah. No they nice. get to start at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why, well, great stuff! Uh, looking forward to seeing you around the rink, and uh, we're all looking forward to uh, reading your recaps and your accounts after each and every Canucks game. The Stanchies at Canucks Army. Thanks for uh, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much, Jeff. Great to be on. 
The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Thanks again to the Stanchion. Why it aren't always great to catch up with him. And certainly looking forward to another year of the Armies after each and every Canucks game over at Canucks Army. Rinkwide Vancouver, brought to you by AG1 for a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five travel packs with your first purchase Go to drinkag1.com slash rinkwidevancouver. I always like to finish up here on the pod with uh, a look at some Bodog lines as we check uh, some futures here. Canucks to make the playoffs. Uh, you can get them at plus 135 if you think that they are going to be a content, not a contender, a qualifier for the postseason. Uh, so yes, the Canucks make the playoffs right now. You can get them at plus 135. No, at minus 180. How about this? By division, top goal scorer in the Pacific, Elias Pettersson is third on the list behind two guys you've probably heard of and two guys that will probably finish ahead of him, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. But if you think Petey can go off and lead the Pacific in goals this year, you can get in on him right now, plus 2,800. And Andre Kuzmenko, not that far back. Kuzmenko is in a tie for fifth best odds at plus 7,500. Again, this is a division that includes Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So uh, some tough slogging, obviously, for anybody else. Uh, but certainly Bodog thinks that uh, if there are other guys that are going to uh, finish ahead of them, uh, that Pedersen and Kuzmenko could be two of them. I like this one as well. Stepping outside of the division but there's going to be a ton of focus on Alex Ovechkin, a year older, but also you know trying to close in on the all-time goal-scoring record. Not going to get there this season. Uh, he is sitting on 822. Bodog's got a line about his 850th goal. So he'll need 28 goals this season. Who's he going to get his... 850th goal against. Now, anybody that's followed the Canucks over the years knows that so many guys in the league have scored milestone goals against the Vancouver Canucks. 850, when you're on your way to the all-time goal-scoring record, I don't know if that's that much of a stepping stone or a milestone, but this is what Bodog's offering up. Who's he going to get number 850 against? And if you think, well, it's destined to be the Canucks, uh, you can get them right now at plus 12. Check out uh, Bodog for all sorts of hockey odds and futures and everything else that uh, is coming with the new National Hockey League season that is now uh, really just weeks away. And again, preseason for the Vancouver Canucks uh, starts on the 24th. Those three road games to start and then uh, three home games. And kind of unique this way, like a lot of years, Arizona's made a visit or, you know, they've played one of the California teams. This year, it is just three opponents. Three on the road, three at home, Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, and then uh, the crack and the Flames and the Oilers will all make their way to Vancouver. But again, the game against Seattle will take place out in Abbotsford. So, uh, yep, countdown very much on. Rink-wide headed to Penticton this coming weekend. So uh, we'll be all over Young Stars, full uh, reports back on future pods, and we'll 
take notes and keep our eye on, you know, who we think stood out and maybe who didn't quite measure up. But again, it all starts with a roster to find out uh, who's going to be representing the Vancouver Canucks at uh, Young Stars 2023, which gets going this weekend in Penticton. Again, thanks to Bodog, the presenting sponsor of Rink-Wide Vancouver. Again, uh, thanks as well to Wyatt Arndt. Uh, looking forward to all of his work throughout the hockey season. That's going to do it for another edition of Rink-Wide Vancouver. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you later.